welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. We're joined today by Lori O'Day from Coldwell Banker Residential. Lori has been in real estate since 2005 as both a realtor, trainer, and coach in the Northern Virginia area. Her focus is on the Dulles Corridor area in Virginia, and she excels at professional networking both inside the industry and with her customers. She strives to facilitate a smooth and easy transaction to the table for you, whether or not you're a home buyer or a seller. Now, let's welcome Lori to the call as we join our host, Tim Harris. So, Lori, thanks for being on today's radio show, and thank you very much uh, for uh, being willing to answer some of these very probing questions. A lot of agents, especially busy, successful agents like you, are often not wanting to share their secrets, so I certainly appreciate your time today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So, Lori, let's just jump right to it. A lot of agents struggle with time management. It's one of the things we continuously hear. It's, you know, they want to essentially do the things that they know they're supposed to do every day, but somehow, almost mystically, the day gets away from them and all the most important things during the day never get done. So what suggestions do you have for agents uh, who are trying to learn how to prioritize their time? Well, let's see. Um, I like to make lists of things that I need to do where I'm prioritizing my money-making activities. So, for example... I do lead gen activities such as phone calls and visits every day and regard them as I would a meal. So you can't get through a day without food. You can't get through a real estate day without generating leads, setting appointments, getting contracts signed and client meetings. Those items are most important, followed by marketing, education, and and all the other stuff that we like to get done in our days. So I have particular times set throughout my day, throughout my week, that I organize on Sunday where I'm, you know, scheduling my my calendar uh, for the week um, so I can make sure to get everything in. Uh, Whatever doesn't get done by the end of my scheduled work day, I just, you know, stay late to get finished up. Um, If I make a habit of staying late, I'm either doing it wrong by scheduling too much into a day or I'm being inefficient in my execution. So then one of the things that I do on my Sunday nights is evaluate how things went. Did I schedule too much? Was I inefficient? And then I adapt as necessary and move forward so I can hit my numbers based on the number of units I want to close. Ah, I like that. You said a whole bunch of good stuff there. I'm going to drill down on a few things. First of all, you're obviously prioritizing your day around the things that you know are going to make you money, put you in a position to help folks and make you money. What are those things? And can and do you mind, Lori, sharing what your you know your ideal schedule is? You know your typical ideal day, the perfect day where nothing interrupts it. You know, like those days that you know never happen. Yeah. But let's just say the perfect day. What does it look like? And what well, is it you focus your best efforts on? Sure, um, I'm a little slow to wake up, so I need to get up a little earlier so I can have time to pry my eyeballs open. Um, <laughs> I kind of lounge around for at least 30 minutes to an hour, you know, drinking my coffee, just kind of trying to breathe and be upright. Um, By about 7 or 7.30, I'm in front of the computer, you know, making my, you know, pulling my expireds out of of, uh, Mojo and, and, you know, making my call list ready and 
once 8 o'clock hits, you know, it's time for calls. I'll, I'll call expired or whoever I'm going to call that day um, to try and set some appointments. Um, I usually spend a couple hours, maybe three. I take a couple breaks in between. Um, you know, at the end of that time period, I'll stop and, and I'll walk around a little bit, take a little break, get a drink, answer emails, voicemails, what have you, and get back at it. Um, break for lunch, and then spend my afternoon visiting with folks, um, dropping off, you know, packets for expireds or, or whatever I need to do to, to physically get in front of people. And I plan to do, I do those types of drop-ins and things in the afternoon. Um, I try to get back, you know, from appointments and drop-ins and things, eh, early dinner, four or five-ish, so I can work on administrative stuff, you know, returning voicemails and, and emails and such, and then wrapping it up with, you know, computer time with marketing and other things that need to be uh, accomplished in the day. Well, so do you have like a minimum number? You're a numbers-driven person, which I appreciate, but do you have like a minimum number of actual contacts? You mentioned expired. You mentioned dropping off, you know, going to doors. You mentioned stuff like that. So do you have a minimum number of contacts that you make every single day? Um, you know, I I try to... You know, I look at whatever my income goals are or volume goals, and that's how many contacts I try to hit. Um, for example, you know, if if um, if I want to maintain a listing inventory of, of 10 or 15, you know, listings, um, you know, I need to, to talk to have that many conversations um, every day, and it, it takes okay, a whole so, lot so of while. Okay, so Laura, you just you just said something that was really interesting, and I want to drill down on that. You said. Uh, if your goal is to have 10 listings at all times, you translate that as you know that you have to make 10 contacts every day. Now, there's no real scientific you know, methodology behind that, but generally speaking, what you just said is true. If someone wants to maintain five listings at all times, some reason, mystically or whatever, if you make five really good quality, yeah, it's interesting. So that is a really good point that everyone should be writing down. If you want to have 10 listings at all times, now, but we're not just talking – Contacts. We're not just talking to no. any kind of contact, right? No. Yeah, you have to Talk call about. a whole bunch of people in order to get a conversation. So sometimes, yeah. so, I mean, it could be if you want to talk to 10 people, you only have to dial the phone 12 times, but you also might have to dial it 50 times to get 10 people to talk to. So That's interesting. It varies. Yeah. <laughs> has, yeah. has making those direct over-the-phone type contacts, has that, was that ever a struggle for you? Um, you know, it is a little bit because you always think nobody wants to talk to you or you're bothering people or, or whatever the situation is. But, you know, one of the things I learned early on in real estate is that really is, real estate is, or any kind of sales for that matter, is all about mindset. You know, whatever mm. you set your mind as the truth is what it is. You know, I think Henry Ford, uh, whether you think you can or you can't, you're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. um, and it's true in real estate. So, um you know, it can be kind of hard. A lot of people do have that, that um, fear of the phone and stuff. But, um, you know, I think once people do it and they realize that it, it's productive and it gets you what you want and, and need, then that reluctance kind of dissolves. And they're like, wait, what was I worried about? Exactly. You know, it's interesting, too. I didn't hear you talk at all about social networking. I heard you saying that you're going and making all your, you know, your best energies are focused on making direct contact. I think that is so critical, Lori. Uh, you know, you're going after the folks that actually have their hands in the air, 
saying, yes, I'm interested in doing a real estate transaction. You're not just basically casting to the Facebook universe and hoping somebody bites on the bait, right? I mean, that's oh, really yeah. – that's. So, well, so is that – How many people hide realtors on Facebook? <laughs> Sometimes oh. they you know, <laughs> yeah. down there and they post all their listings, which is great. But, you know, if you're not in the market, a lot of people just hide that. <laughs> right. Uh, all right, so can, let's walk through specifically, like, if, you know, do you have a preference between expireds and for sale by owners? I'm just curious. Um, you know, in Northern Virginia, outside D.C. Metro, you know, our, our expired uh, inventory is a little lighter than it is in some other areas of the country. Mm -hmm. um, but I think right now we've got about uh, 15 in, in uh, Mojo for, this, for the area that I'm, that I'm working. So it's it's not a huge amount, but you know what? That's 15 people that want to sell their house, or at least they used to. So that, I mean, that's as right. far as I'm concerned, that's plenty of expired leads. Um, just those I'm, I'm not as, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, focused on. Um, I do focus more on, you know, expireds and, and personal contacts and, uh, you know, that, that personal sphere of mine. I just, I find it... Um, more of, of my style. How long have you been using Mojo, Lori? Um, just this spring. I've used, I've used other products in the past, um, but just this spring, I find their data to be pretty good, and they offer a lot of, um, you know, a lot of information, all the information I need. A lot of people want a, lot of, a large variety of stuff, but they provide everything I'm looking for, which is, you know, name, address, phone number, so... Well, and the cool aspect of it being an auto dialer too. I mean, you don't have to sit around thinking about, you know, waiting for the phone to ring and all the rest of it. You know, or oh, some yeah. agents, if you are not uh, using Mojo Cells, you don't just. And it, let's just say some of you, and I know, hopefully, it's a minority of you at this point um, that aren't calling the expireds, the for sale by owners, the for rent by owners, the you know, all the other sources we suggest that you call. You know, the folks that actually want to sell properties. So if you're not calling them, you can still use Mojo Sales to call your centers of influence and past clients. I had, you know, I had a, um, a call earlier with a, uh, one of our coaches, and he has somebody who's in a really hot, uh, essentially coastal market, and there's nobody, uh, there's really no expireds, and you know, there's no frisbos, and there's just everything selling like hotcakes. Well, so cold call into all the absentee, absentee owners. And find out if they're interested in, you know, possibly selling and use one of our scripts. So there's so many different ways, but I hope everyone is realizing that I think the fad of thinking that you can do all your contact over digital formats, be it social networking or emailing, the day, if that even ever existed, if there was ever a time when it did work, it's not now. The most successful agents in the country are without a doubt picking up the phone. There is no two – I'm not – you know, I haven't studied this why, but I suspect the reason is – is because a lot of um, people have lost the ability to effectively communicate over the phone and in person because they've gotten so used to being able to tweet and Facebook and do all this passive stuff. But if you're able to pick up the phone and you're able to have a good conversation, if you're able to go to the door and same thing, you're going to find that automatically you're all of a sudden elevated in the minds of that uh, seller or buyer because of the fact that you didn't send them an email, because of the fact that you're not dripping on them, because of the fact that you're being proactive. But just that thought should inspire everyone on this radio show to realize that what you're all naturally good at, which is talking to folks, you're going to 
find the greatest amount of your success actually doing what you're naturally good at. It doesn't take – this is not really heavy lifting. So, Lori, let's talk about life balance. Is it an admirable goal or is it just a myth? Oh, my gosh. You know, um, sometimes uh, it's both. <laughs> um, hmm. For me, it's, sometimes it's, it's a goal and sometimes it's just – not going to happen. You know, my my dad always said when I was growing up, he was one of those guys that always had something, you know, that you'll always remember to say. And he would he always said that that you never get anywhere uh in life if you're in your comfort zone. And your comfort zone is where things are balanced. So if you want bigger, better, more, whatever it is, you have to move outside of your comfort zone to affect change. But at the same time, doesn't mean you have to live crazy all the time either. And, you know, so in that regard, sometimes you're going to have crazy weeks and sometimes, you know, it's okay to have a quieter week. But, you know, I don't know if, if balance truly exists or not. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm looking for it. Um, Laura, have you ever, have you always been so focused on like specific results oriented type behaviors? Because that is definitely when I think of you, that's definitely what I think of. You're very focused on doing the things that are going to get you the greatest results not just for the day, but just, you know, minute to minute. Is, has, have you always been that way or did you have to program yourself? Or are you well, did you study that and, and come to the realization that that's the most effective way certainly to live your professional life? Um, all of that because I find, you know, personally I've, I've kind of always been like that as a kid. I've always had a plan and stuff, but kind of getting into the adult world and into the, you know, real estate sales and all that, you realize how important that is. And so you have to hone those skills and, come up with a plan and you know you got to try stuff and kind of wing it a little bit but but you have to have an overarching plan so you know where you're going if you don't know where you're going then how are you going to get somewhere so you you kind of boil it down and you figure out well I've got to do this so many times and this so many times and and you know you do it that way and you listen to what people tell you you have to do and you do it you see that it's true so then you just you don't reinvent the wheel you just you do what needs to be done. And, and so I guess, yeah, I mean, it's a, a number, numbers-oriented approach. And, uh, you know, I would argue that it works great in pretty much all, you know, every existence, real estate sales or not. So you did say that there's, and there is, there's definitely a specific path to follow that's going to give you the least resistance in yeah. getting you to your goal the quickest. And, you know, they're, not just for real estate, but just virtually for everything in life. I mean, it's just common sense. If you're going to drive across the country, you know, get a map, but even better use NAV, right? So why do you think, why do you think agents or people in general, Lori, because I know you studied a lot in this. You have a psychology degree, if I remember correctly, right? Yes, I do, yeah. Yeah, so why do you think, given the fact that there is such a plethora of valuable information out there that does just that, will, I, will, will act as your lifelong navigation system. Why do people still insist on trying to cut their own path? Um, well, I think there are a couple things. First of all, I think people in general tend to get overwhelmed sometimes. How often do we realize, you know, we've got to do – you know, something and there's just so much work to it and I don't know where to start and so on and so forth. So people get overwhelmed, you know, in the in the planning process, you know. But, um, you know, I think also it's just kind of human, uh, human nature to, to kind of take the path of least resistance. You know, we avoid things for different reasons and overwhelming or too much work or lazy or whatever the reason is. 
you know, we try to find a shortcut for some, I think it's just human nature, but I think if we own it and say, you know what, sometimes I'm just lazy, <laughs> own it and say, but I'm not going to be lazy with this. I need to do what I got to do to get stuff done. Otherwise, I'm not going to meet my goals. I so think I that's a really good, but that, Lori, you just said something again, which I love. And, you know, it, it, that word you just used offends people. And you know what? I always say this. When you, if you're offended by the word lazy, it's because you're lazy. <laughs> non, non-lazy people are not offended by the word lazy because they know they're not lazy. So if you're right now not listening to us anymore, or of course we have already lost you because you're too lazy, but if you are offended by lazy, then it's because you're lazy. And, I, and it is true what she just said. Um, it is 100% true. It, 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 guys, at the end of the day, to be where you are, uh, to be where you want to be, it doesn't require a thousand percent more effort. And all reality of what you actually do during the day, you know, if you were to be really truthful in how much time you spend per day doing dollar productive things, things that are going to put you in a direct opportunity to help folks and make money, if you were to be really honest with yourself, most people are lucky if they spend two hours a day doing that type of work. Well, guess what? You know, how many hours are in your work day? Eight, ten, six, whatever. So spend an extra hour. Just that little bit of extra time every single day will make the biggest effort in, or biggest difference in your life in such profound ways you can't possibly fathom because what happens is it builds momentum. It'll, you'll find yourself becoming uh, more in, in tune with working at a slightly higher level, and then you go to a slightly higher level beyond that, and the next thing you know, you're literally operating completely in a different stratosphere than you were before. And by operating, I mean your skill set will improve, your mindset will improve, your quality of life will improve, the, your, your future potentiality will improve. But you can't be lazy because really if some of you are so – anxious and dying for, oh, I just don't feel motivated. I'm looking for someone to help me with my mindset. I'm going to read some more books. Oh, my God, we're about to come up to the you know, seminar, summer seminar series. There's, what, a half dozen seminars going on just for real estate agents around the country, all the usual people that do these seminars. And why do you go? I go for motivation, right? That's what you always say. Well, you go back every year for motivation because the motivation that you get there doesn't last. It lasts a day or two, and then you're not motivated again. The motivation, guys, at the end of the day, has to happen from the inside, but it doesn't happen with – it does start with a thought of where you want to be, like Lori just described. But ultimately, the way you feel will only change through your actions. You can't think your way into results. You have to do, and then what happens is your feelings change. And that's the, you know, that's the juxtaposition that I think that we're offering as a coaching organization is we're not trying to we know, frankly, we're not lying to you and telling you that basically everything will follow with some sort of mystical mindset. It doesn't work like that. You have to take actions, and then you can develop the mindset along the way. As your actions start uh, happening, you'll start getting results, and then guess what? Your mindset changes. You can't wait for the mindset to change before you take action. Otherwise, you will never take action. So, Lori said, don't be lazy. Don't be lazy. I love that. So, thanks for saying that. That's I think you're the first co-host I've ever had that's been bold enough to use that word because that is the truth. I mean, agents just like – and when you don't have your own boss and you don't have anyone breathing down your back, if, you know, your coach doesn't – you know, they, they're not there 24-7. At the end of the day, it's really easy to be lazy in this industry. This industry seems to support lazy. So looking back at the start of your, looking back at the start of your career, when you were a, a brand-new agent, 
you know, if you can think back way back when, and I and I know you know your your careers, you've you've had a lot of different experiences, but it, looking back, what uh, would have been the one thing that you wish someone would have told you that would have made the biggest impact? What would be the one thing you maybe would have done differently um, had you had the opportunity if you were back where you were, say, you know, a decade ago or whatever? If I was smarter then, but I almost every day I wish, I wish I would have thought of this or whatever, I would have spent more time proactively creating a sphere of influence of, you mm. know, personal contacts, not people, hey, you want to buy a house? Hey, you want to sell your house? But I'm talking about, uh, I joke about, you know, as a realtor, we make friends for a living. That's what we do. Yeah. Well, I would do that with so much more gusto if I could start all well, over again. Be specific, Lori. Let's help these guys. What specific, you know what? That is such a killer point. So what specifically would you have done differently? Be specific. Oh. Give these guys some action, action, actionable items, practical actionable, I, actionable items. I would get involved in the community in, in so many different ways. I'd, you know, I would use my, my son was in Little League. I would do something more there, become more, you know, involved there and, you know, Girl Scouts and, you know, if people go to church, that's a great place. Any place where you're in front of people, you know, um, gosh, uh, I have friends that are singer-songwriters, you know, maybe go out and, and promote them more or, you know, just being more involved and providing, you know, uh, developing relations, relationships with, with more people, making more friends, just just going crazy with building that personal sphere of influence um, in any way. You know, PTA, um, gosh, what else have I done? Uh, I've been in a band. Maybe I should should have kept doing that and stopped, you know, when well, my life so, got so busy. <laughs> but so, so let's – that's really – I remember when Julie and I sold real estate. Now, it's been forever at this point. But Julie's a classical musician. It's interesting you're a musician as well. So Julie's played flute and piccolo, and she's played in That's you know cool. big time orchestras, right? So um, here's the funny thing, and this used to, if I'm being honest, this used to frustrate me when we sold real estate. So we always <laughs> sold between 100 and 200 homes per year, and every quarter we would go and we would track. We would you know we we would do our best during the you know busy uh, time to you know make sure we knew where all the leads originally came from, uh, but. You know, we would go back at the end of every quarter and we would go through and we would double check our work, making sure, because it's easy to say, like, for example, that some listing came from a sign call, but the reality of it is, is that this, it didn't come from a sign. They may have called and said sign call when you asked, why'd you call me? But it turns out that they're best friends with one of your past clients and that's the real reason you got the business. So, you know, when you're asking it for, when you're trying to find out where your business came from, especially when you're doing dozens of transactions, you always, often have to ask the same question twice to get the heart of really where, why that seller called you. But I remember when Julie, uh, when we would do this, we were getting an ever-increasing percent of our business from Julie's music sphere. And what she, yeah, isn't that great? So what she would do is she would, she would show up to these orchestra practices and she would always dress nice. And she would dress nice to the point where um, they would ask her, you know, Julie, you always dress nice. And she, this was her technique. Because some of you guys are listening and you're saying, I could never go to the PTA and just start passing out business cards. That's not what we're saying. So this is what Julie did. So she'd show up at these orchestra practices. She always looked nice. 
And then, the, you know, some of these people would, it would be like at 7 o'clock, so some of these people would have already been back and forth to work. Or, you know, there are, so, you know, she would stand out. And they would ask her, uh, you always look nice, Julie. And she would always say, I just came from a closing. Or I was just working on a real estate transaction. Or I was just meeting with a seller. Or fill in the blank. So by saying that, it was a conversation starter. And now here's okay. another little fun, yeah, and here's another little fun idea, listeners. Um, so, <laughs> Actually, this is one of Julie's clients from years ago, but it's a great story. So she had this gal that uh, came to us. This is probably like 10 years ago. And uh, Julie was helping her, and this gal had um, absolutely no interest whatsoever in talking to anybody. Just wouldn't do it. You know, She had a real estate license. She wasn't passively wealthy. She had to sell homes to pay her bills. Well, okay, so what will you do? I love animals. I love volunteering at the local uh, private uh, humane society. Those are the types of things I have passion for. Well, so what are you doing with them now? I go there every day and I walk one of their dogs during lunch break that's up for adoption and I get my exercise. Okay, so here's what's the idea. A simple, powerful idea. When the dog would go out to walk, the, the humane society would say, well, you have to put some sort of reflective vest on the dog. And so that's what she did. Now what she started doing, Julie's idea, is she, started, uh, she had a t-shirt made that essentially said, and it was bright, obnoxious, and think fluorescent colors, uh, the essence of it was, I'm up for adoption, ask me how, or something like that, or adopt me, please, or something that would get a conversation started. And she also had her real estate name badge on that T-shirt. So this lady would go out, she'd go and walk different directions every single day, walking a different dog every single day, wearing this shirt that looked like, you know, no one could avoid it, not even from satellites, they could see it from everywhere. And it was a great conversation starter. So she was, they would ask about the dog, they'd ask about adopting the dog, she'd obviously tell them about the you know, private uh, humane society, and then real estate conversations started to happen. So many so that the lady within like six months had to hire an assistant. She had so many deals going on, that's right? Awesome. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yeah. Well, so that's, that's the magic secret. of our business. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, well, it's the same way with Julie because you know, you go there, you're not passing out business cards because that turns people off. You're just right. interacting. You're being friends with people, and they get to know you as whatever it is you're a listing agent or whatever it is you want to be known as. And it's, 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 it's getting to know people. And when you're always busy in real estate and they see this, then, well, she must be pretty good. Well, it's you doing what you're passionate about. I mean, isn't that the essence of it? Right, exactly. So that's yeah, great advice. So, and the so, other thing, too, is I didn't realize you had to train people to think of you in that way. You know, passing mm-hmm. out business cards isn't what I'm, you know, talking about. We're not talking about that here. But they're tra- Julie was training people, and the, the dog-walking lady is training people to think of her in that way. And, you know, it's and that takes thing. time sometimes, right? I mean, it that, does, that, yeah, just like yeah. referrals. Yeah. Right. Well, that, that's important to mention because some of you guys are going to have unrealistic expectations. You're going to start like showing up and, you know, thinking that everyone's just going to start attracting, you know, you're going to start having deals fall in your lap. You have to build trust. But if you're amongst people doing what you're passionate about, and, you know, it could be playing golf, guys. It could be doing anything. But if you're doing something you're passionate about and you're purposely, intentionally around folks, and, you know, you're being you, doing what you have love for uh, around other people that have a similar interest, the, what you do for a living conversation naturally happens. And that's how, that is a wonderful spoke. And I, 
you know, we ended up talking a lot about centers of influence and past clients, but it is oh so important. And yeah, Lori, I agree. That's something that I wish every single agent could get in their heads that you guys need to have an organized, focused effort to build a real center of influence and past client list. It's not a bunch of people you met online. It's not a bunch of people in your Facebook group. It's not a bunch of people you met at an open house. But get involved in things that you have true passion for. And as a result of that, you'll attract people to you because they see that you're like them. I mean, Julie was a musician like them who happens to sell real estate. That is the secret sauce and one of the key <laughs> fundamental spokes that all of you guys should have in your real estate practices. So, Lori, um, I really appreciate your time today. And as we round the bend on today's show, anything else you'd like to say to all the listeners? Don't be lazy. <laughs> all right send your hate mail too <laughs> no that's Sorry. it no, don't be lazy all right Lori, yeah, no, i certainly appreciate your time today yeah absolutely thanks for having me have a wonderful day everyone this program has been a presentation by tim and julie harris real estate coaching for more information on our real estate coaching and training programs visit our website at timandjulieharris.com Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.